Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast, a space for those who are healing from complex and developmental trauma. Introducing your host, Monique Coven, a certified trauma recovery coach, survivor, and thriver. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information with insight that can validate, encourage, and support you on your healing journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors and trauma experts, featuring therapists, coaches, and practitioners. We will open up the conversation on effective trauma healing modalities, practices, and tools. If you are interested in trauma recovery coaching, as well as recommended books and healing resources, head over to www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. And now, here is your host, Monique Coven. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, I'm talking with Jenna Remersma. And Jenna is a therapist and the author of the book, All Together You. And Jenna is an IFS therapist, and she's going to talk to us about a way that she calls moving towards our distressed or hurting parts, the parts of us that we often want to move away from. And she shows us how we can begin to move towards them in a way that is comforting and that can really create internal change. So I hope you find this episode helpful. If you missed the Trauma Super Conference or you want to watch it again, there's going to be a replay. It was a great conference with speakers that included Dr. Peter Levine, Dr. Gabor Mate, Dr. Stephen Porges, and so many others. To register for this free conference replay, you can go to the show notes to sign up. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Monique. It is so good to be here with you today. It's so good to have you. I'm really looking forward to our chat. Uh, I found you through, I don't know how, but I found you and then I started watching a lot of your different YouTube videos and listening to your podcast episodes. And I said, I want to have her on here because so interesting the way that you explain IFS, internal family systems, and how it relates to ourselves and our trauma. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to talk with you and your listeners about it. IFS has changed my life uh, and it's changed the lives of my clients. And I find it to be the most helpful um, way of viewing ourselves and our healing and uh, approach to healing from trauma that I've ever encountered. And so I just can't wait to talk about it. Great. And that's what I really try to do because I remember when I was starting out my journey, there was, it's like, what do you do first and what's helpful? And I, I feel that we need to have the options. We need to understand. Um, but the most important thing to know is that there are options. So let's explore IFS. And I guess maybe we can start with uh, what I really found profound was how I heard you describe how we are as a person, uh, and maybe you could just take it off from there. 
Yes. Well, IFS is a model of therapy that was uh, created by Dr. Richard Schwartz about 40 years ago, and it has exploded in popularity, uh, largely because it is so profoundly healing and so filled with grace. And I think most models of therapy and most uh, ways of being in the world um, really view the parts of ourselves and the parts of others that we don't like as pathological or bad, as something that we need to move against and get rid of or create distance from. IFS has a very different way of viewing ourselves as people. Um, it, it really views us as profoundly good, and it helps us to realize that we have a core self what IFS calls our core self. Um, many spiritual traditions would call that the, the God image within us or the Buddha uh, self. There's many different ways to refer to it, but it is in you, in me, in every single person at all times. And it is fundamentally undamaged. No matter how much trauma we have experienced, it is always there. It is always positive and it always has divine healing energy but we also have many different parts and our parts are wonderful aspects of us that do many wonderful things in our lives. But when we encounter trauma, our parts become burdened and our burdened parts get stuck back in those traumatic experiences. And when they encounter something in our daily lives that reminds them of that experience, they flood forward and take us over and it's excruciatingly painful. And we feel the age of that part. We feel the feelings of that part. We even feel the physical sensations of that part. And it can be very confusing because sometimes parts of us take us over in, in rapid succession. So one minute we may be feeling totally flooded with shame. And the next minute we may feel nothing at all. One minute we may be raging. And the next minute we may be begging somebody not to leave. And if we view ourselves as just a singular entity, as just one monolithic person, then the only option that we're left with is just deciding, gosh, I must be kind of crazy. Why am I doing these ridiculous things that don't agree with each other or feeling these totally opposite feelings? Something's really wrong with me. I'm really bad. <laughs> IFS helps us to understand, oh, not at all. We're completely normal. We have many different parts and sometimes they're at war within us and it always makes sense why. And the way that we can help them is not to move against them by shaming them, trying to push them away, lock them in the basement. It's actually by bringing the loving kindness of our core essential self or the God image within us to all of our parts and moving toward them with love and compassion in the way that they needed someone to a long time ago. And that is the key to healing them and transforming them into what they were originally supposed to be in our lives. And it gives us such a compassionate way to understand the mixed up feelings that we feel and the mixed up behaviors that we do that don't seem to make sense on the outside when we understand, oh, it's the inner experience of our different parts when they get triggered and flood and take us over. And when we move against them, it actually makes our pain and shame and extreme behaviors worse. And when we move towards them 
which is not to say that the behaviors they're engaged in are okay. They're not. But when we move toward them with love and compassion, that is what helps them to heal. And this is a profoundly transformational message. We do not see the world this way. And when we begin to put this compassionate, loving lens on to view our own trauma experience, our shame melts away, our self-compassion increases, and our healing and self-understanding multiplies exponentially. Wow. So much there and so much, so much compassion. It's like, I'm listening to you describe how to approach a part that might be really hurting in such a loving way. And yeah, we tend to, to push it away like we've always done. Um, so I have a question and I'm, I'm wondering if other people would have the same question. So understanding that, let's say we, we do have this innate self that came into the world. Good is good, always good not influenced by trauma. How do you get to know this part if you have never, if you really feel like you have no access to that part? This is such a beautiful question. And the way that I liken it is um, our self is not a part of us. It's who we truly are. It is us. But what happens is it's always present, kind of like the sun is always in the sky. But I can't always see the sun because clouds come over it and come between the sun and me. So it becomes obscured and I can't feel its heat quite as much on a day like today where I am here in Atlanta. It's raining and cold and there's clouds covering the sun. I don't see any sunshine. I don't feel the heat from the sun. I'm not likely to get sunburned if I go outside. <laughs> like none of the effects of the sun are going to impact me, not because the sun isn't there, but because the clouds are covering it. And the beautiful truth of who I am and who you are is that the, the core, divine, beautiful, positive, loving, healing essence that is you and is me, it is always there. But especially for those of us who are trauma survivors, when we have many burdened parts, they take us over frequently, just like the clouds obscure the sun, and we don't have access to our core self because our parts are running the show. So we might have strong parts that want to please people or do things perfectly or isolate or dissociate or get flooded with shame or fear or any number of things. When those parts take us over, we don't have access to our core self, to who we truly are. And we, we kind of instinctively know this without knowing the model at all, because we, we might wake up one day and somebody says, hey, how you doing? And we might say, I don't know, I'm just not quite myself today. We just instinctively know who I am is good and it is loving and it is grounded and it is healing and it is in there but I don't always have access to it. And the way that we typically approach that is identify the quote, bad parts of us or the bad symptoms, whatever it is that we don't like and quote, get rid of them. And most therapies are different ways to go about getting rid of what we see as bad parts, bad symptoms, bad experiences. Well, quite often that doesn't work. It makes it worse. And the reason why is because 
we're not really appreciating what's going on for these parts or why they're doing what they're doing. So what can be so profound is instead to flip everything on its head and move toward them. And I'm glad to give an example from like my life yesterday, if you'd like, because I, I live this. This is not just my clinical practice and it's not just my spiritual practice. It is my personal practice. Um, so as we're recording this, it's the week of Christmas and COVID rates are spiking. Uh, pandemic is just escalating at an exponential rate. And um, several things that I was really looking forward to have right one right after the other been canceled. Um, I had a really significant trip that I was going on that's been canceled. My daughter had a really significant trip that was canceled. My parents are no longer coming for Christmas. And all of these things in my adult awareness make total sense. It's COVID. Some of these things are just getting canceled. I feel disappointed. But what I've noticed is that the part of me that feels alone and abandoned has gotten triggered and it's flooded. So it's taken me over just like a cloud comes across the sun and I no longer feel all the qualities of my self energy. And those qualities, we have a shorthand for that. We call it the eight C qualities. And those are things like courage, compassion, uh, connection, creativity, lots of wonderful qualities. Well, I don't feel that way when this part of me takes over. I feel really alone and abandoned. And that part of me is a wounded part from my early life experience, from specifically uh, some bullying, pretty brutal bullying that I experienced in high school, lots of rejection and bullying. And there is a wounded part of me that still carries that pain and that trauma and feels alone and rejected. It's very clear that no one in my current life is changing plans because they're rejecting me. Like my thinking brain knows that, but this part of me that carries the burden of alone and rejected doesn't know that. And my current circumstances are triggering that feeling and it doesn't feel good. It's taking me over. So if I was going to move against that, which is what we usually do, I might try to get busy so I don't have to feel it. I might try to think my way into feeling better. Like you shouldn't feel that way. Don't you know, this is COVID and things have to change. Um, there's lots of ways I might try to avoid feeling the feelings by eating lots of Oreo cookies, which that's still not a bad plan. I'm kind of on board with the whole Oreo situation, but we have lots of ways of moving against these feelings that we don't like. If I was going to move toward it, I might use the shorthand for some of these models, internal family systems, polyvagal that I have created that I call move toward, not surprisingly. And it's just three simple steps, notice, know, and need. So the first thing I would do is notice what's coming up in me. Hmm, I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling rejected. And I kind of have a heaviness in my chest. I'm noticing it. That's where it is in my body. It's in my chest. Okay, great. I'm just going to welcome that, which we rarely do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to welcome this part of me. It's taking me over because it needs comfort from me. And I'm going to send it some loving kindness. Okay. Now I'm ready for step two. No, I'm literally going to ask this part of me, sweet one what do you want me to know about why you're getting triggered right now? Why you're taking me over in this moment. And then I'm going to wait. 
I'm going to wait for something to come into my mind because that's how our parts communicate with us. They're not talking in our head. It's not like we're hearing voices or anything weird like that, but we just get a sense. And this part of me may flash up some memories from high school of being rejected, of not being invited, of being alone, not having anywhere to go, not having people to be with. And then I can get a sense, oh, you're reminded of those really hard experiences in high school. Thank you for letting me know you're, you're feeling triggered around that. Then I'm ready to move on to step three. What do you need from me to feel a little more comforted right now? And again, I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to try to figure out what this part needs for me. I'm literally having a conversation with a part. I know that sounds weird, but this is how it works. And I will get a sense of what that part might need. And you know what it often needs is something simple. Like it needs to be welcomed in my inner world. It needs a metaphorical hug. These parts are never welcomed. When we get flooded with shame, aloneness, rejection, we push them away. And we have harsh parts, inner critics that jump up and yell at them and make want to lock them in the basement, kick them out. These parts just want to be loved. They want to be welcomed. So they may just need me in my core self to just in my mind's eye, give this part a great big hug. Or maybe it just needs um, to have me reach out and call a friend in my current world and connect over Zoom coffee Mm -hmm. so that it can know, hey, I'm not alone now, even though I felt really alone back then. So this very simple three steps of move toward notice, know, and need takes the power of these transformational cutting edge models like polyvagal theory, internal family systems. It helps us to access that core, deep, calm, loving, what we would call ventral vagal in polyvagal language, um, authentic self and help the parts of us that have taken us over in a moment who need help for some reason, that's why they're taking us over to have access to this loving, compassionate, deep inner attachment figure who's always present, always loving, always compassionate, and always healing. And they calm right down, they settle back the clouds part and that access to the the God image, the core self, the ventral vagal just begins to come pouring out from inside of us. And it it can happen very quickly, much more effectively, much more quickly than all my Oreo eating all my inner criticizing, all of my busyness, trying to make this flooding part of me go away. If instead I give this part what it needs, I've actually gone to the heart of the problem and met it right where it is. So move toward notice, know, and need, because when we move against the parts of ourselves and the parts of others that we don't like, everything gets worse, Mm -hmm. not better. So we do the reverse and it's simple, but not easy. So when you say it's simple, but not easy, what would you say is not easy about it? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's simple. It's three words, right? Notice no need. How hard can that be? But let's say, uh, just let me invite you or your viewers or or your listeners, whoever is, is with us today, just think about the most difficult part of you that tends to flood and take you over just whatever it might be. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's rage. Maybe it's a part that acts out with an addiction, alcohol, drugs, porn, food, 
shopping. Uh, maybe it's a part that cuts or has suicidal ideation. Um, maybe it's a part that feels broken, rejected, worthless, undesirable, alone, afraid, unsafe. Just to do the first step of move toward to notice what is coming up in me and send some loving kindness to it. Forget the next two steps. Just that one step is wildly transformational. That's the last thing we want to do is notice and compassionately lovingly welcome these parts and these feelings. We do everything but that. And it always makes our pain worse. So it's, very simple and very difficult yeah. and very transformational. It changes everything. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, you know, even when I've had conversations with um, people that I work with and when we, you know, I'll use a language of inner child or just even talk about that. You could see right away that the walls go up, whoop, self-protection. So I could see that that, that is what could happen when you start to want to go close to it because it's so vulnerable, that place. But you're right, that place is still needing and wanting our attention. And, you know, it, it, it just makes me think about how we know how to give our, our dog, or our child or our great friend or good friend or stranger (laughs) compassion, but it's so hard to turn it towards us when we need it. That's right. And the reason that parts take us over is because they're desperately needing that very thing that we feel is so difficult to give them when we meet them the way that we would a hurting child or our dog or a neighbor who was in trouble, we would embrace a child, a dog, a neighbor, and we would love them and shower them with loving kindness. When our own parts come forward and flood us, that's what they're looking for from us. We have the capacity to offer it to them. It's just, if you're like me, nobody told me I could do that. I just always move against my parts until I learned this because that's the only thing I ever saw modeled and taught And that's what our world falls back on um, in every conceivable way. And um, it's incredibly damaging because we are re-traumatizing the parts of ourselves who have already been traumatized. They've been traumatized in the world outside of us. And now we're re-traumatizing them inside of us at the very moment that they're flooding forward to let us know that they need help. And I love how you said like you, you, we can be aware if we're talking with someone and a vulnerable part comes up and the walls go up. Now we simply move toward the wall. The wall is the part that is now present and it's taking over because it has some fear that our core self can't handle that vulnerable part. So we just notice what is coming up in me. Oh, I just went kind of blank. I'm not in touch with that vulnerability anymore. It just went away. I feel really numb right now. I'm just kind of empty. Wonderful. Can you just welcome that emptiness, that blankness, send some loving kindness toward it? What is that? Can you ask that wall, that blank, what does it want you to know about why it jumped in just then? Maybe ask it where it first learned how to try to protect you 
by shutting you down mm-hmm. from vulnerable feelings. What does that wall need from you right now to feel just a little more comforted, a little less panicky, so it doesn't have to take over quite as much? So there's a beautiful phrase that we have in the IFS world. I think it's really powerful, and it's this. What's in the way is the way. Whatever is presenting in the room is the way. There are no bad parts. There are no unwelcome parts. All parts of every person are welcome. There are parts that are stuck in some bad roles, but when they show up in the room, they are welcome and they are the way to the healing, no matter what they're doing. Now, all parts welcome doesn't mean anything goes. It doesn't mean that if somebody else in our life has a part that's abusive, addicted, manipulative, hurtful, dangerous, any of those things that we just sort of, oh, well, all parts of you are welcome. Just come on in here and abuse me or, you know, betray me and be remorseless and continue to do it. Like, that's not it. But the beautiful thing about this is that when we move toward all of our parts and access that core self inside of us, it is from that place and that place only that we have the wisdom the clarity of thinking and the courage to know what our healthy boundaries are and to set and hold them when someone in our life has a dangerous or hurtful part. And this, I specialize in working with addiction and betrayal trauma. So I do this with clients a lot, but people really struggle with this concept of boundaries. How do I keep myself safe when someone in my life is not safe? And Most of the time, what people call boundaries are things that are thrown out from parts of them. Mm -hmm. So an angry part will take over and say, that's it. I'm done. I'm divorcing you. And then a little while later, when the, the angry part settles back, another part that's afraid of abandonment goes, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Let's be close. Right. And so we have these wildly shifting, you know, oh, that boundary quote didn't work. Well, it was coming from a burdened part. Or sometimes people will throw out what they call a boundary and it's really a manipulation or a threat. It's trying to change the other person's behavior by manipulating. And that's coming from a burdened part. Our core self doesn't threaten, it doesn't manipulate, it doesn't hurt other people, but it is courageous, it is clear-minded and it does not allow other people to hurt us. And so healthy boundaries must come from moving toward all of our own activated parts and getting to our core self. Mm -hmm. And it is from there that we set and hold healthy boundaries with people who have burdened parts that are hurtful to us. And that is key. Uh, All parts welcome does not mean anything goes. It means that the best way that I can heal my parts is to move toward them, to welcome them. And the best way that I can love myself and others well in a healthy boundary way is from my core essential essence, the who I truly am. And that is my place of deepest inner wisdom. And um, these are profound, like life-changing, but very simple concepts. So when I say simple, but not easy, that's a little taste of what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking you know, when we talked about the wall part, yeah. that wall part could be the one that's, that part is the one that could be 
setting the boundaries? Well, wall parts will certainly try to, but any boundary coming from a part of us is not a healthy boundary. Mm. So a wall, when we have wall parts that go up, they're typically trying to protect our vulnerable parts by shutting everyone out. Um, So they are not able to let in what is healthy and good. They tend to be parts that shut everything out. And as a result, the vulnerable parts behind those walls feel even more alone and more isolated. And so wall parts really don't set and hold healthy boundaries, although they're sure trying to. Mm-hmm. All of our parts are well-intentioned. They're all trying to help us in some way that makes total sense once we understand the story behind it. But all of our burdened parts are trying to help and they always make our pain worse. And that's pretty profound if we think about it. Let me give you a couple of examples. Like a wall, for example, if. If early in life, we learned that our, our early attachment figures, let's say mom and dad were very volatile. One day mom is loving and kind and the next day she's drinking and abusive. And we have parts that don't know what to expect. We can develop wall parts that show up and are like very hypervigilant. Like who's, who's in the room? Is it scary? And the minute they feel anything that feels like scary energy, they shut everybody out. Well, they're, These are precious parts. They're trying so hard to keep us safe from that danger. But of course, in the long run, they wind up isolating us from relationship that could actually heal what's happening there. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the types of parts that tend to come into my office, addicted parts, alcoholic parts, sexually addicted parts. People come in and they typically, let's say, get into a pattern with pornography addiction where they have parts of themselves that feel um, rejected, unwanted. And gosh, a part goes, I got a solution for that. Let's look at some porn and masturbate. And it makes it better in the short run because for a a hot second, there's a little hit Mm -hmm. of dopamine and and reward. And then in the long run, it makes it worse because now you've distorted your intimacy, your ability to be intimate with a real human because you're programming your brain to only be able to respond to supra normal stimulus And you're also harming probably your partner or your partner to be is going to feel betrayed by that in some degree. And you've created pain in the relationship that actually could help the part of you that's feeling rejected. This is true with alcohol parts, cutting parts, suicidal parts, or let's take a suicidal part. For example, very often suicidal parts are jumping in because the pain is so great. They see no other way to make it stop. None of the other parts seem to be effective enough. The pain is overwhelming the inner system. So a suicidal part may jump in and say, look, I've got this guys. I'm going to take you out. And this is the way we can make the pain stop. Well, of course uh, that could work in the short run and definitely makes it worse in the long run. Um, But that's an extreme example of a role that a part could get in. Um, All of these parts, let's take raging parts. So let's say someone is feeling vulnerable or uh, let's say um, criticized. Let's say we're in, we have two people in a relationship and one person suddenly feels criticized. They feel like, oh, I'm not doing it right, whatever it is. And a rage part takes over and starts yelling or criticizing the other person. Well, rage parts are usually trying to get something that feels threatening to back up. 
well, that works in the short run. Usually the other person doesn't want to be around you if you got rage going on and eventually they back up. And of course, in the long run, that makes the pain worse because they've gone. And now you've got this unaddressed conflict. So these laws of what we call inner physics are really remarkable. Um, they state that who you are, who I am is fundamentally good. And furthermore, all parts of us are good, meaning that they are well-intentioned. They're trying to help us with pain in some way that makes sense if we know the whole story. And they're just stuck in some bad roles. And the way that we help them get unstuck out of those bad roles that trauma has put them in is we move toward them with love and compassion. We get to know why they're trying to help us in that way. And then if we go deeper with the model, we unburden those parts, which is beyond the scope of our conversation, mm -hmm. but it's pretty profound because then those parts get freed up to be what they were designed to be, which is not addicted, raging, cutting, suicidal. Mm -hmm. It's something beautiful that brings something lovely to our inner system that we regain access to like playfulness, spontaneity, trust, joy. It's the most beautiful transformation, all of which by simply moving toward mm -hmm. with curiosity and compassion. Simple, but not easy. That's right. <laughs> That's <what> you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's so, um, it sounds like it's just such a lovely and loving healing idea. So I love that. So is there anything else you would like to share with us that you think could be helpful uh, before we close? Well, I just always love talking about this. I could talk about this forever. Um, but what I will say for people for whom this may resonate in your listening audience who are like, whoa, I, I can't quite wrap my brain around all that, but something about that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. um, what do you mean that who I am is good? What do you mean that these parts of me make sense? What do you mean that there's actually a wildly different way to heal these parts and help them other than all these years of everything I've been trying that's not really working? Um, and making me feel crazy and broken. <laughs> like there is another way. And if that resonates with any of your listeners, I would love to invite them to take advantage of my free resources. I just try to put lots of free content out into the world so people can really apply this in their lives and really experience how powerful this is. Um, my website is movetoward.com. I have a lot of free guided move toward meditations, videos, books, um, all sorts of things. Uh, I've written a book called All Together You, um, and that is available on amazon.com. And it is the integration of this IFS model with spirituality for people who have an interest in connecting their spiritual life with their trauma healing. And so I would love for people to check that out if they're interested. And uh, anyone who would like to get just loads of free information from me can text my name, Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, to the number 55444. So again, that's Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, and the number is 55444. And we will immediately send you a free uh, journaling one-page worksheet to help you move toward a part of you that you may want to get to know better and help. We'll send you a couple of free guided meditations to help uh, just right where you are today. 
And um, we'll just send you free content so that you can start to wrap your brain around what we're talking about here, where it starts to make sense and you can really apply it to your life immediately and experience how different this is and how rapidly the relief comes. So if people are interested, I'd love them to take advantage of any of those resources. I'd love to support people in their journey in whatever way I can. Great. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for the beautiful work that you do in the world and really caring well for people who are healing from the effects of trauma. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Whether you're already working with a therapist and would like to add additional support on your healing journey, trauma coaching might be for you. Or perhaps you've worked with a therapist and you're looking now for coaching support. To find out more about trauma recovery coaching with me, you can check out my website at thehealingtraumapodcast.com.